hello and just the warmest welcome back to the Just Bloody Post-It podcast, a show for people marketing their creative business on the internet. I'm your host, Helen Perry, and this is the first episode of Series 4. It's a money special and my guests are Boundaries expert Natalie Liu and Sally Farrant, the pricing queen. Earning more is a good thing for society as a whole I think women particularly earning more is a definitely a good thing when you're earning more you can decide what you do with that money sometimes we have to know our own bullshit is this a a cast iron alibi that gives you yet another reason to avoid having to put a price on your things well guess what if you don't sell it somebody else is going to I decided to call this meeting to get Nat and Sally on the line together to address an issue I'm hearing again and again and again. People, brackets, women, being reluctant to do marketing, sell and put prices up at the moment because of the cost of living crisis and global events like the war in Ukraine. Do you feel it? Are you asking, can I do this now? People are struggling and it feels frivolous. Are you wondering how long you can absorb price increases in your work without passing it on to your customer? There is so much good advice to come in this one from Nat, who's a podcaster and author and relationships expert with 18 years experience of selling her work. And Sally, who's an accountant who specialises in helping female founders to sort out their pricing issues and make more money in an unboring way. I began by asking Nat whether she's always had a healthy and confident approach to charging for her work. Uh, Definitely not. But interestingly, even though I've had what has sometimes felt like quite a complicated relationship with money, something I did inherently understand from the outset is that if this was going to be a business, but also if I was going to be able to keep doing what I wanted to do, I had to be able to generate you know, revenue for my business. I had to be able to, to charge for things that I was, was making. Um, you know, there's plenty of stuff that I do for free, but I understood, hold on a second. It's okay for me to want to sell things. It's okay for me to attribute a monetary value to some of the things that I'm putting out there, but it hasn't always been easy in the sense of, I think that like a lot of people, I probably undercharged at times because I think honestly, sometimes it's like you're flipping, sticking your finger out there, pulling it out of your backside and going, oh, there, there's a price. I'll go with that. I think also online, there is a temptation to, and there's, there's, there's a method to the madness, but you do compare. So you look at what the so-called market value is or what people appear to be charging for it. But of course, due to your own unconscious bias, you're only looking within, you know, a certain pool. And it's all based on the information that you happen to be taking in at that time. And so what was interesting is I did a course, which was very expensive. And I'm not saying that in a, you know, this is something that people go, oh my gosh, they said it's too expensive, but it was price. It was a few thousand dollars in order to do this course. I actually didn't finish the course, but in the first week, there was a lesson in there, literally probably what is two or three sentences of advice in there meant that I went away and I tripled 
the prices of my online courses. And that changed my business within weeks. And it also meant, and I learned this again and again, if you are not charging what you need to charge, what you want to charge, you are going to end up burnt out. You are going to overpromise to people, you know, give everything but the kitchen sink. And then you're going to feel exhausted and resentful and disenchanted with your own business. And so when I've noticed those feelings and when I've noticed that maybe people are undervaluing certain things or that I've done it, I have to change my prices. Sally, I get the feeling that Lee might be speaking your love language. You have to charge. You have to charge enough to make it pay. I mean, you specialise in working with kind of female founders and also specialise in this massive issue of pricing. Is that typically where a lot of businesses in this space are going wrong? Or are there other things that we need to fix first? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think part, a lot of it is kind of actually people don't know how much they need to earn. Yeah, it's that practical thing of how much for every hour that you turn up in front of a client, how much do you actually need that to be? And if you know in your head that that's like, it's £50 an hour, it's £100 an hour, it doesn't matter what it is. But every time you talk to a client and therefore doing proposals and all of that sort of thing, but also selling things, if you're selling products, knowing how much it costs you in total including paying yourself. So I think a lot of product businesses make the mistake of forgetting to add in their own time because that's kind of, you know, you're making something, but all that making time is incredibly valuable, but people forget to charge for it. It's like, well, I've charged for the materials and I'll charge a little bit extra for my time. But it's like, but this is a business. Remember, it's a really expensive hobby if you're not paying yourself. That's where the resentment kicks in because you might recoup your costs on what you needed to, to make the thing. But all of a sudden you're like, but what's in it for me? Yeah, you're not making anything. You've caused your own resentment by not charging enough. It's not the fault of the customer, really. You put your own money story a lot onto what your customers will do. There's a lot of kind of going, oh, well, they won't pay that for that. And you're like, well, it's not, it's not, your, de- it's not your decision what they will pay for. You have to put it at a price that you are prepared to sell at as high as you can basically get away without feeling sick. So put it up as far as you possibly can and then come back slightly. But it's having the confidence in what you're delivering and the results that you get for the customer. You know, again, if you make products, that's delight and and all of those sorts of things. But if you're a service businesses, it's much more about saving time and money for the client. And it's kind of going, well, actually, if I could save them several hours a week or several hours a month or all of that sort of thing, it's kind of going, actually, what am I doing with my thing that means people will pay for it? And then it becomes much less about the price and much more about this is the thing that I deliver and transform people's lives with, whatever that, however big or small that is. The reason I convened this meeting is because of repeat conversations I was having with people I work with who are typically women, who typically have creative businesses. And I would say they would typically not be perhaps charging enough at the best of times or selling enough at the best of times. But because of a cost of living crisis, rise in uh, all kinds of bills and costs, very many of them have slipped into a mindset of deciding this is not the right time to sell at the moment because people have got no money because that's all I hear on the news. And secondly, that they will absorb cost increases into their businesses because they don't want to 
put their prices up and put that onto other small businesses. Where to begin? Natalie, do we ever have the right to decide and get involved in what people can and can't afford or can and can't buy from us at the moment? So what you're talking about there is a, is a boundary issue. And it's something that it, it creeps into everything that we do in life. But it is this idea that we get to imagine and decide what other people are thinking, what other people are going through, how they spend their money, what their position is, how world events are affecting them. And then we go, oh, but Joe, I can't charge right now. Well, I can't um, sell anything. And look, we saw this two years ago with the pandemic where there were, I saw on one side, well, it's really three camps. I saw a whole load of people, literally pandemic happened, like, and they were just, they had a masterclass out like that week and they were selling that. And then there were other people going, oh my gosh, like, how could you be selling something at this, at this terrible time? As the supermarkets, Amazon, so many businesses, big and small, were making an absolute fortune and selling stuff like gangbusters. Like I personally know a lot of people who have made a hell of a lot of money in the pandemic because their businesses transformed. And so there were people like, oh my gosh, how could you be selling at this time? It's blah, 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 blah. And then <laughs> there were people like me who were going, actually, well, I, of course, I do want to run my business and I do want to sell. I just don't want to knee jerk and immediately, you know, pop out a product just because the pandemic has just started. And so I guess when you're hearing all of this stuff, whether it's about pandemic, whether it's about price rises, you know, the energy crisis, petrol, so many things. Plus, we've also got the war going on in Ukraine. It is easy to go, oh, my gosh, everybody is super cautious. Everybody is this. Everybody is that. I can't do that. And I think what we need to recognize is we sometimes we have to know our own bullshit, basically. And what I mean by this is, is this genuinely where this has come from? So these events that are happening, or is this a, a cast iron alibi that gives you yet another reason to avoid having to put a price on your things, to, to give you another cast iron alibi not to sell, not to send the email newsletter, not to put your course out, not to, it's like, oh my gosh, this thing is happening in the world. This is so trivial for me to have a course. Well, guess what? If you don't sell it, somebody else is going to. And something I, I, I say to people about boundaries in general is that we don't need to psychoanalyze people to decide whether or not we can have a boundary with that person because that's completely inappropriate. It's like going, oh, I've had a think about you and I know your personal circumstances, so I'm not going to have a boundary with you. And like, no, we don't need to do that. And similarly, we don't need to do that with our customers. So we don't need to try to be like, well, I think that this one is going to be struggling. You don't know. Unless you know, because you've done a hell of a lot of research on your particular market, that they're extremely impacted by those factors, you can't make that guess. You just can't. So much truth there. But Sally, I mean, it's, it is, we just do not, we make assumptions about how much money people have got or haven't got. And we just do not know all the time. And you get the people who don't pay their bills and then you discover they're on a luxury yacht somebody has somewhere. And I had somebody the other day who said their client literally has not paid their bill for months. But there's pictures of them on Instagram on a luxury yacht. And you're like, 
you can't make those choices. You just can't. It's not for you to decide. They have just not prioritised paying the bill. They clearly can afford to, but they just don't. And it's like you can't make those. You know, we all know somebody who spends hundreds on a haircut or a hair colour. You know, they go to the hair salon every however long, every month. But they'll, they won't spend more than five quid on a bottle of wine. And you can't, and they go, well, it's not worth it. And it's like, but you can't make those value decisions. You've got to make sure that what people see is the value in what you've got. And I think the other thing, actually, that, you know, when Nat's talking is kind of going, actually, earning more is a good thing. For society as a whole, I think women particularly earning more is a definitely a good thing because generally, you know, gender pay gaps and all that stuff aside, you know, online businesses still, you know, still there's massive gaps, I think, between what men and women earn. And but when you're earning more, you can decide what you do with that money. So you're partly contributing to society by paying more taxes. You know, I know lots of people who said, I want to get to the VAT threshold. Well, yes, you do, because then you're going to... That's a good thing, because you're getting further up, you're growing your business, and then you can decide how much free stuff you give away. You might do pro bono work. You might give your you know, some of your profits to charity. You know, and all of those things make such a difference to your own life and you're but you're controlling that so if you want to give that to the current crisis and help those people out you can do that but you do that in a much more conscious way if you're not earning enough you're you're stuck it's a crazy solution to the problem when you think about it that way there's been a lot of big world events recently you know we've had a lot of really big things but there are always big world events that go on and I think you can you know and it's awful for those people and all of that stuff but it is also these things are always going on there this is not the only war in the world you know obviously global pandemics massive issue but but you know it's kind of going actually these things come along and you have to change and adapt with those things and I think there's always an excuse not to put your prices up not to think about it and I think with cost of living I think people expect the price to go up and if they can't afford you then you offer them something lesser you offer something smaller so that they can still work with you but you don't offer to discount what you're doing just because of situations you have to put your prices up you know I know we talk about you know people who are making things if your cost goes up you need to pass on at least a good chunk of that that increase and I think people expect it at the moment I don't think anybody is expecting that you're going to go oh, I'm going to reduce my prices because my costs have gone down Nat I need to know what happened when you tripled the price of your courses on your website did the world stop turning or did you keep on selling them no as a recovering people pleaser whenever I've made decisions like this you know the terror strikes too and you're thinking oh my gosh what's gonna happen nobody's gonna actually do you know what happened aside from the fact that I made far more money from those courses, like I tripled the revenue from those courses, I was working actually with a smaller number of people. And they were people who, because they were coming in at that level of pricing, one of the things I noticed is that the cheaper that you try to go, as well as when you're throwing in everything but the kitchen sink, is you get a very different energy going on with the people that you're working with. Because if you're charging way below the price and then you're going oh and you can have this and you can have this and one-to-one and group they go okay well let me just ask you for more and more and more whereas interestingly when you understand the value of what you're doing the transformation that you are offering through whatever it is that you're doing and you put a price on that for people to work with you 
they come into this from a very, very different place. I noticed that the type of customer service issues dropped dramatically as a result of that. Because do you know what? I, I am, I'll be blogging 18 years in June. And I've, as I said, you know, been doing this as a, as a business now for 14 years. And I clearly, based on the fact that I blog, have a great appreciation for uh, putting your stuff out there for free. And see the way I'm like doing the finger quotes are free. In order for me to, to do the blog and to feel like I can keep doing that and do the things that I'm able to do for myself, to support my family or whichever else, I had to put a monetary value on some other things. But one of the things that I realized over time is that I, the things I'm doing are not free. There's a lot of labor that went into that. That if I decide to go and fanny away my time on something else or don't bother to charge for that, there's still a, a, a rate that's attributable to that work that I put in. Like when, it's, when we talk about passive income, and you know you make a uh, you make a product. We often forget about all the man hours you've been talking about. You know, creating a course, Helen. There's a lot of man hours that have gone into writing that course. So even though you're going to make money when you start selling that course, actually you're not going to technically break even on that for a while because a lot of labor went into that. And so whether we are doing things for free or whether we are putting a financial monetary value on it and getting people to pay for it. We are charging and we are using up our bandwidth in order to create those things. There is a value to that. And this whole, I can't charge for this. People, people won't want to spend their money on this. We're devaluing ourselves. We're devaluing our work. Even me, who is a prolific content creator, has had to actually put more boundaries in place about how much stuff I put out there for free. Because I've realized that you can very easily slip into a place where there's a part of you that feels like you have to put out a whole load of stuff for free to make up for the fact that you're charging somewhere else. Or you're putting the stuff out there for free so you can please people and nobody can criticize you. You're putting it out there because you're afraid that people won't think you're worthy or credible or whatever it is. And again, one, you've got to know your own bullshit, but two, you've also got to know where your hangups are coming into it, where your baggage is coming in. As, as Sally said as well about knowing where your money story comes in, because when we make assumptions about people, that's your money story coming in. What does it mean? What, what does poor mean to you? And everybody's idea of poor means something different. What does financially struggling mean? Again, once we start to dig into some of the stories we're telling ourselves about why we can't charge this or why we think everybody is in crisis, even though we can clearly see people are still running around spending money like there's no tomorrow, we can get really honest with ourselves about what's going on here. This is what we're doing right now. This is all for free, free at the point of use. People will value what we value. I think that, I mean, if you take one thing away, from this. So Sally, then in order to price our work, whatever it is, whether it's a product or a service or a course, how do we go about establishing the value and putting a cost on something? Where would you start with that with a client? So usually get get your price per hour so that you know what that number is. So that's what you, is that something you decide on for yourself? Well, this is what I want to earn every hour. So you kind of go, this is the number of hours I want to work. This is how much I want to pay myself. This is how much my business costs me to run. So all of the other costs, if you rent a space and all of that sort of thing, 
and then you know you just split that up and say right okay I need to earn this much that gives you then a base when it comes to done for you that's easy because you just go well I need to charge 50 pounds an hour and I I think it's going to take me this many hours and I always recommend that you package that up and do it as a fixed cost thing Um, courses are much more tricky so what you need to know with a course is kind of going right okay well if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do a course and it takes me this many hours I need to charge this much and get this many people in to make it worthwhile And, and a lot of it's dependent on how you how quickly you need that to make a return you know you might need that to make you money in the first month it might be well look you're like well that's part of my you know my part of my set of products so actually this will lead to something else and that sort of thing so it very much depends a bit on you know where it fits in your business but it's kind of going right okay well if if it's going to take me 20 hours to produce you know that's 50 quid an hour it's like well right okay I need to get a thousand pounds back in to, to make that return and if you're selling that if you're selling selling something at 27 pounds going to take a while so it's kind of thinking about you know and obviously bigger courses probably take more time and investment but it's thinking quite carefully about that I think as a lot of it as well is about confidence there's a lot of confidence stuff about actually you need to pick something and sell something that you totally believe in it is no good going well this is the thing that so-and-so said I should sell and you have got to believe in it you know and if you're making things What's the story behind these things as well? I think particularly when you're in kind of creative businesses, it's really important to have a story about it. I want bespoke things. I want things that are not going to be the same as everybody else from Ikea or, what you know, whatever it is. And the same is true in service businesses where it's much more, I mean, that's much more about you. But you want to show that what it is, why should people buy from you and not someone else? But you've got to have the confidence in your product or your service to make sure that you can actually sell it because if you don't believe in it you won't sell anything you would talk about putting your finger up in the air Nat, and sort of feeling in the wind for how much to charge for your product <laughs> what kind of process do you go through with each thing that you put on sale now something that i found myself advising quite a few people who've approached me about sort of their online businesses that is, I, I say to them, and this is because I've learned this through doing it myself, is what was what was your gut instinct? What was your feeling, initial feeling of what it was that you wanted to charge? So for example, I sat with a friend of mine who's a coach and she had this big program and she said, well, my initial feeling was about two and a half to $3,000. And I went, okay then, so what is it that you decided to charge? nearly fell off my seat when she told me it was $1,250. And I think she was maybe had done an, an initial offer of 995. And this is somebody who was sitting in front of me, exhausted, resentful. They were actually on vacation, like on holiday, and they had clients messaging them at all hours and she was doing all of this stuff. And I said that gap between that initial instinct that sense of what you knew the value to be and what you've actually charged is is where your resentment and the exhaustion and everything else is. Now, even if we don't charge that initial price that initially came in, we can't go massively lower. It's almost like you need to also equally have a gut feel for where's the lower point. 
below this point actually is going to make me feel like shit. So I, maybe maybe this is the point I'm aiming for, but I cannot go below this one. Exactly. Because 1,250 versus two and a half to three grand is a, is, a, is a massive gap. Now, the funny thing is, is now it is up at the three grand and it has changed the nature of her business and how she works with people. Uh, the reason why I share that lesson is because that's what I have learned to do in my own business where part of it is also, yes, you can have an awareness of what a general pricing is of things. Although in the online cowboy world, the wild, wild west, there's such a a vast array of pricing on stuff that part of it is really actually about understanding yourself, what you've made or the service that you're providing and what it is that you want to do. But it's also about understanding how you feel about this thing now that you've charged the amount. So for me, I used to do a lot of one-to-one, well, I said a lot of a bit of one-to-one work. And I noticed that I was getting a lot of work and I also couldn't keep up with myself. And I was like, you have undercharged here. And bear in mind, it's not like it was cheap, but I was like, you've undercharged here. So again, I, I think pretty much almost tripled my email sessions and my phone sessions. Of course, that means that not everybody can work with me. Guess what, people? Not everybody can work with you anyway. There's a newsflash <laughs> for you. Not everybody can work with you anyway. But also you don't need, you don't need that many clients. If you do, if you triple your prices, you don't need it. Yeah, double your prices, you get half, you lose half your clients, fine. I can get some more clients who can afford me over here, you know, and I think it's, it is really that mindset thing. But yeah, you can have half the people to work with. It's just great. Yeah, definitely. We all ag- we all agree. <laughs> when you really start to pay attention to where resentment and anxiety and frustration and these feelings come up, these give you that emotional notification to really sit back and have an honest conversation with yourself, but also look at the hard data because then you can make really responsible decisions in your business. And when I look at my pricing journey, I have seen that I have been able to go up and triple and whatever my prices. If you're way out there and you're charging £10,000 for something that clearly is, you know, not £10,000, it's very difficult to be like, oh, I've decided to change the price to whatever. But the thing we need to remind ourselves is that we can build up from wherever we are as long as we're willing to pay attention to ourselves. That's been a real learning for me, actually, the fact that oh, you, you can change your prices. <laughs> They're not set in stone. You know, if you put something on sale at a certain point, you can move it up, you can move it down. It doesn't have to stay where you've put it. And you can do it, you know, quite quickly, actually, if you thought within a month, oh, you know, hold on, I've, I've got this wrong. I can move it around. People aren't really paying that much, definitely aren't, you know, checking our website daily to see what we're charging for X, Y and Z. And we see shops and retailers do it all the time. I was about to say, look, we're not Tesco and Morrison's and Asda and Waitrose where we have to basically keep track of some price index and make sure that the price that we're saying that we advertise that is the look. We're not those people. Like we, like we can make things a lot easier on ourselves and... What I what I have found time and again, and I've seen it with so many people as well, is that once we push ourselves to go into those uncomfortable places with our pricing, and, and as in charge, and I don't really like saying charging what you're worth, because I think that, that starts to attribute this monetary value to yourself. It's valuing the work that you're doing and what you have to offer. And when you are willing to do that and to tweak it, 
you actually get to love more of what you do. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think about that. It's kind of going, you know, actually do more of what you love and enjoy it more. And then you can charge more for doing it and do only the things that you enjoy, not just the other, you know, don't do all the things. You don't need to do everything. You need to do the things that you enjoy doing and charge a good price for those. And also, you know, if you have cheap clients, they're pretty much the biggest pain in the ass. going. <laughs> pretty much guaranteed. The cheapest clients give you the biggest problems. Guaranteed. Yes. Oh my gosh. I am so glad you said this because this is a conversation I have with a lot of people and I, and they're afraid to put up their prices. And I go, but hold on a second. If you did put your prices up, then you could actually be generating the same or more money for, for without all of the headache that comes along with it. Like, why are you afraid to put up your prices with the people who ain't paying the invoices anyway? It's like, actually, flush out those people because pricing and, and attributing a value. There are, here's a good example. My cousin is a teacher in a, in a private school, and she also does tutoring. Now, I don't know if you guys have, have looked around at what tutoring prices are, but they can, if you're looking at your kind of your bog standard tutoring for your average normals like us, right? It's, you know, in that sort of 20 to 50 pound range. range. Uh, the types of people that are hiring her to, tu- to tutor do not want to be messing about with somebody who's charging 20 to 50 pounds because these people got money and they want to pay for a tutor that costs like 100 pounds an hour, 150 pounds an hour. This tells us a lot about how humans are and what they deem as the type of the, the, the price that they want to pay for certain things. And if we don't understand what it is that we're selling and who it is that we're selling to, we're missing a trick. And no, it's not all about money. It's not like it's not like we're saying, oh yeah, just screw people for as much money as possible. We're saying like be boundaried and 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 run your business. And make sure it is a business and not just, yeah, like I say, an expensive hobby and that you're actually, you're managing to generate enough to actually sustain you and, and, and make money out of it. Do you remember that scene in uh, <laughs> in our, my, my favourite problematic movie, uh, Pretty Woman? Richard Gere's character gives her the money to go um, shopping. And so she rocks up and basically the woman's like, you can't afford this. Everybody who feels uncomfortable about like, you know, money around at this time because of what's going on. But this is what we're doing with our customers and our clients is we're making a level of a value judgment. We're making certain assumptions and we're going, you can't afford this. And even though we're doing it from what we, as more of a benevolent, empathetic, conscientious kind place, it's actually still a problem because it is not up to us to decide what somebody else can afford. It isn't our business how other people choose to spend their money, how people choose to prioritize what they want to do. There are people who have less money than us who probably go on more holidays than us. Okay, well, pre-COVID, because, you know, that's screwed up everything. But you know what I mean? Like, they have certain things that we wouldn't necessarily spend money on. And actually, when Sally was saying about rich people off on yachts not paying the bills... The reason why they're rich is because they don't pay their bills because they choose not to spend their money on certain things that maybe we spend our money on. Not advocating that. Um, So um, just to send everybody away with one piece of 
great advice. Sally, how do we move forward and start to make more money at this time? What's your top tip? For me, it's you cannot afford to absorb the prices that are going up and you need to have confidence and put your prices up, give your clients notice, but get out there and put your price up and don't use current situations to avoid doing such a thing. Don't go putting your plans on hold, you know, your vision and mission on on hold because, as Sally said, because of what is going on. You can be aware of and, and sensitive to those things, but actually you need to make your thing or you need to sell your thing. You need to offer your service. There are people out there that want to do that. And it's really about checking in with you each time you have those fears and being honest about where that's coming from because intention is ultimately everything. And so if you do decide that you want to price something in a certain way because you know of a certain circumstances, if you're doing it from it, I want to have something there for people who might not be in a position to afford those higher price things, that's great. But if your intention is really, I'm scared and I'm and I'm hiding, then that's the wrong reason to lower your prices. So know your why, because that why is the difference between feeling good about your business regardless of whatever it is that you're charging. So good. Thank you so much, guys. We'll we'll do this another time, I think. Oh, it was so much fun. We could be here for hours. <laughs> so much to talk about. Oh my God, we just, <laughs> the tip of the iceberg. Good stuff, isn't it? I'd love to chat more about money on the show because that's why we're all doing this, isn't it? To make enough money to feel good about what we do and to be able to keep doing it. And it's hard to work through when maybe you've not done business before or you work alone or both. We'll keep you company here on the Just Bloody Post-It podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave us a review so that others can find the show more easily so good to be back. Look out for the post-it notes on Friday. Thank you always for listening. Goodbye.